You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al-Sayed. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to take us through their journeys as professionals in their fields. If you have any questions for our panelists, you can always ask through the Inspire app before the show. Um, so just go into the Emoja app um, on the Inspire platform. You can just click on the Inspire button uh, on the app home screen and then click the question widget and select the talk show field and type in your questions for our speakers and we can get to them throughout the show. On today's show, we welcome Arya Bashir. Arya is the founder and designer of Zarya Boutique. Um, it's an upcoming, uh, sorry, it's an up and coming modest fashion brand that is ethically produced in Canada by Arya and her talented mother, Zakia Bashir. As a new hijabi and even before putting on the hijab, Arya always has had the access to have her apparel ta tailored and customized to satisfy her modest requirements and she wanted to be able to give that to others. Assalamualaikum, Arya. Um, how are you? Good, Hanzoa, how are you? I'm doing very well. Um, Michelle. <laughs> I'm excited to have you here. Uh, you have a very interesting perspective. So, um, and also teaching us how people can create passive income while still wor working is really great. Um, can you please first tell us what you studied um, in your undergrad? For sure. Um, so I actually did my undergrad in psychology and French. The original plan was to get into teaching. By the time I graduated, I was fluent enough to get into teaching. And then I saw my colleagues and classmates have a really difficult time getting into the field as it was very competitive. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually started getting into the corporate world. I worked in banking. I worked in the government. And I decided that I kind of liked that field more. Um, and then recently, I actually discovered human resources, and I decided to go back to school and do my um, postgraduate certificate in human resources. And so now I work at KPMG full time um, as a human resources professional in recruitment specifically. That's awesome. Um, and when you first started studying psychology, what was your initial plan and goal? Um, for psychology, well, I did psychology just because I was very, very interested in it. And so I know with teaching, you do need two teachables. And so I was planning to do French and social sciences. Mm -hmm. And teaching route did not work out, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, alhamdulillah, the, the path was brought me here. And so I'm very happy and satisfied with where I am now. But yeah. Um, it goes to show that you, you know, your plans can change. You can have certain plans set out, but you know where you're meant to be, you'll end up being, and it's just how it works out. <laughs> exactly. Um, when you worked uh, in banking, what what like influenced you and made you interested in business? Um, so when I worked in banking, I just I really enjoyed the corporate you know aspect of it, and then working in the government, I kind of got to to really gain that leadership and kind of independence in those in those jobs um and so it just it, this is actually um i actually was i had another attempt at business mm -hmm. like in the past um so i actually had a business called cosmetics where i sold cosmetics um but unfortunately that did not work out because at the time i didn't have the knowledge the resources that i have today um and so it was a, a huge learning experience um i did that while i was in banking and so i kind of always had that interest but i didn't have the knowledge and the experience and the resources that i have today alhamdulillah yeah um can you tell us your story on how you got into your um 
like your business and creating your business. You work in HR um, and this is very recent. So what was that journey like? Of course. Um, so as I said, I recently started HR. Um, I graduated just last year and I've been working at my firm for a year now as well. Um, what really encouraged me to get into business is a, it kind of runs in my blood. My mom has had her own business for years now, mm -hmm. um, my brother as well. And so I've just always been able to witness that and experience that and see what it's like to run a business. Second of all, my husband is a business kind of like a, a mentor as well. And so he was the one who really encouraged and pushed me because he saw, you know, the drive and ability that I have to kind of, um, I guess, offer something that doesn't really exist much out in there in the world um so that is is um definitely a difficult part um is juggling a very demanding full-time job in yeah. a completely separate field um but i just love what i do in hr so much i don't want to give it up um and have the business as well on the side so how did you when you first started building this business and you are working full-time like you mentioned um mm -hmm. How did, how did you create that schedule that didn't make you very tired? Yeah. So being um, a newlywed, first of all, so running a household <laughs> and a marriage and a family, and then being a new business owner and then being fairly new at my full-time job, it's a, it definitely is a lot to juggle. Um, but I just have to focus on time management and being productive when I have the hours you know, dedicated to that job. Mm -hmm. or that certain task that I'm doing. I literally have so many um, techniques that I, I have to like turn to, to to stay on task and stay productive. I have a daily to-do list every single day. I have literally like this little timer thing on my desk that goes around my house with me. So like I dedicate 60 minutes to work on that task. Mm -hmm. And until this beeps, I'm not allowed to look at my phone or do anything else. Um, so it's just these little techniques and just having your family respect your time and your schedule as well. It's very, very important. So for me, what my day looks like is I have to split up my day to be able to cater to all areas. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I work, for example, a nine to five shift, I will have an hour in the morning, half an hour during my lunch break and an hour or two in the evening to work on my business. Yeah. And that's every single day. And I have to be able to stay committed to that schedule in order to get it done. Because you, especially for having an online business, you really have to be present online. You have to show up for your brand. Yeah. And so I know I have to post every single day. I have to create content every single day. I have to fulfill my orders every single day so that my customers are, you know, being treated um, with priority. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess having that schedule is really helpful. You do everything yourself currently? Yeah, actually I do everything myself. I haven't, you know, obviously eventually in the future when we grow, we'll be, be able to hire and grow a team. Mm -hmm. um, my husband does help me out with like the shipping the packages and sending them to the carriers. Um, other than that, I've just recently hired an intern who needs hours for her in fashion internship. Mm -hmm. so she's able to help me a little bit with my social media. Um, but so far, yeah, it's really me on my own. And of course, with my mother as well. So your mother actually sews every single one of these uh, pieces that you have on your website, which is incredible. Um, what is that process like for her? Um, so my mom has studied fashion and she's been a stream seamstress her whole life. She actually owns a sewing company. 
um, in Toronto. And this has just been her passion her whole life. And ever since I was a young little girl, I was her mannequin at the age of two years old. She always sewed clothes for me, for her younger sister, for my dolls. Um, and so she really enjoys what she does. And I kind of took advantage of that. Um, I jumped on it as soon as I could because she, um, like I said, I had the accessibility of having her, you know, tailor and customize my clothing to meet my modesty needs. Um, especially now that I just started hijab, like I needed adjustments to my clothes to be able to be, you know, more hijab qualified. Yeah. Um, so having her there to do that for me was a, you know, a huge help. And I just really wanted to be able to provide that to other people because not everybody has that, obviously. There's so many uh, hijab companies that came up in the past few years. What differentiates your business than others? It's a really good question. Um, so yeah, there are, are a lot of you know up and coming hijab brands and I support every single one of them. I still shop at them just to support them because I really believe in that you know Muslim female entrepreneur um, empowerment and support. And I just really want to become a community. Um, and I think what differentiates myself is that I, our niche is really um, the fact that we're curated and um, produced in Canada. So I design everything myself. I source the fabric and the material and I design it and I tell my mom like the design and we kind of like brainstorm and, and create those products um, uniquely um, for you guys. And so I just think that's a very you know, unique part of our business that we're able to do that. Um, like I, it's made, like I, I witnessed the whole process from beginning to end. Um, and so like, I know there's no child across over the seas and, you know, producing our stuff unethically. So that's a very important thing to me. Mm -hmm. um, and secondly, is that we really value modesty and we appreciate that there's different levels of modesty. And so I like to I like to cater to that because when I wasn't wearing hijab, I still considered myself modest. But obviously, like I said, there's different levels of modesty. So you don't have to wear hijab to be modest. Mm -hmm. So there's clothing for non-hijabis that are modest. Um, there's different types of clothing uh, for different types of hijabis. And so it's just a matter of having that, you know, wide scale of, mm -hmm. of clothing to cater to everybody. Yeah. Um, so... One question that comes to mind, um, what is something that you wish you had known or a piece of advice you wish someone would have given you before you got into, you know, building your own business? That's a really good question. Um, I guess given my failed experience with my last business, I wish that, you know, someone had told me to kind of evaluate your passions before you, you jump into it. So when I did cosmetics, I wasn't really passionate about it. And so that's, I really believe that was the reason why I wasn't successful. Um, now, like I am so passionate about fashion and, and hijab. And so I'm, I'm able to, you know, reach my goals with the business and, you know, stay on top of it every day because I enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, producing and, and providing those solutions to, to hijabis and, and um, just modest women. Um, so I think that's a very important aspect of it, of starting a business, is ensuring that you are passionate and you believe and stand behind your product or service. Because if you get bored of it, then other people will too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, before getting into business, what skills and experience should someone have, in your opinion? Do they need to um, have an MBA? 
Definitely not. I don't. Um, and honestly, it's a learning game. I get to go into this, and and you just really have to use your, your make use of your your resources. There's people out there. There's business coaches. There's you know marketing people. There's every every kind of service that you need to support you for your for your business. And I think it's really important to reach out. It's okay to ask for help. Like you don't have to do everything by yourself. It's okay to you know, get that support and that help that you need. So I think that's really important. You don't need an MBA. You don't need to be an expert. Like I'm learning new things every day as I go. And yeah, it's definitely a learning experience. And with someone with no experience, um, what's your advice on first steps for them to take? Someone with no experience, like I said, if, if you have that passion and that drive, you, you can definitely reach to where you want to be. Um, just like I said, just reach out to resources, you know, use me as a resource. I would be happy to help anybody who's, who's starting to you know, even think about businesses. I would love to empower you and guide you and help you in any way that I can, um, and reach out to other people in your community. And you can also reach out to Aria through the Umentor app, um, uh, through the Emoja app, sorry, on the Umentor platform. Um, she will be listed there as one of our previous speakers, and I'm sure she's going to sign up to be a mentor on there. Definitely. Um, so Arya, what is one piece of advice you can give to inspire the next generation? Be brave. Upcoming entrepreneurs, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Be brave, be courageous, step up, find your niche. Um, that's a really big point. Uh, find your niche and just you know, get out there. Don't be afraid because if you don't believe in yourself, who will, you know? Um, I, at the beginning, was really scared because of my first attempt that failed. Um, so I definitely had that fear, but I honestly pushed myself because I think that it, this would be a great opportunity. And I think, I think that I have made that impact already. And even though it's just, you know, my business is only a few months old, I think having I guess having people having that accessibility to me mm -hmm. um, and to my product, I think it, it, I've made that impact already. A lot of women have reached out to me and said, I'm on the same journey. You know, I've always been open about my hijab journey. And so people reached out to me that A, they're either converting to Islam mm -hmm. or B, they're, they want to think about putting on the hijab as well. And so they reach out to me. And, you know, my first customer when I first launched the business was actually, um, a young woman who's Christian and was thinking about converting to Islam and putting on the hijab. So my first order was her first hijab purchase, which was wow. so memorable for me. Like it was a huge launch day for me and it was very, very important. And that very like first step, like I just felt like it was a sign that I needed to continue and like I was making an impact. Mm -hmm. um, what products are you... Uh, like working on to launch in the next few months. Is there anything? So, you can give us? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so we're actually working on loungewear. Um, so mm -hmm. we're thinking about doing a modest loungewear line, wearing you know hoodies and matching sweatpants. Um, so anything that obviously can cater to, to the time that we're working from home and yeah. You know, spending a lot of time at home and trying to be comfortable um, because when I first planned to start the business, it was before COVID and unfortunately it was delayed and delayed because of COVID and um, 
a lot of the pieces were dressier pieces that you would wear to like a party or like a fancy dinner or work. And obviously like we're not really shopping for that stuff now because we're stuck at home. And so I want to be able to, again to cater to that and provide that um, solution because I don't find a lot of um, active wear or lounge wear, comfort wear um, that's, that caters to the modest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And speaking of the pandemic, how did that have an impact on, um, you know, businesses in general and online businesses? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you, there's been a lot of ups and downs due to the COVID-19 situation. I mean, I was supposed to launch this back early January, February, and that's when it, the outbreak just started. And so my launch date was pushed so long um we actually launched in august september mm -hmm. so it got pushed back a lot and the reason was because the photo studios that we had booked were closed so we couldn't take pictures um obviously we, could, we couldn't connect with our models we couldn't interact with people um suppliers of fabric were not importing fabrics and so we've had a lot of you know downtime in that um and also we actually used our facilities my mom because she this is not all she does she actually runs her business as well there mm -hmm. um, so she was focusing on mass producing um both masks and hospital gowns and like ttc seat covers um for safety so she's very involved in that and we thought it would be best to use our facilities to contribute and um, help out with that mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic so that delayed us and it was just like another delay after another. So it would open up and then the, the studios would close down again. And just recently I, I had booked a studio again for the loungewear line and then it closed again. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a lot of a lot of pushback. So that was definitely one negative aspect to it. But there were a lot of positive aspects to it, surprisingly. Um, because I'm an online e-commerce business, mm. all the shoppers that are shopping in stores or that are used to shopping in stores and in person are now redirected to online businesses. So we're really taking away those customers and, and being able to, to um, focus them on our store. So um, our online presence is a lot more um, impact, impacting and um, because people are always on, online on their phones and stuff. So when we are targeting ads, they're online and, and they're they're looking at it. So we're they're easy to access. So definitely a lot of a lot of ups as well. What advice do you give to someone who's who's going to start their business during a pandemic right now? Like they're trying to launch it in the next few months. Yeah. Um honestly don't don't fear away from it. Don't shy away from it because like I said, if you're online, it's honestly they've they've actually done some stats and uh, online businesses are doing much better right now because um, like I said those those shoppers can't go to the stores so yeah. they're going to be going to your business so definitely take advantage of that I would say now is a good time let's talk a bit about your HR work um, you're very passionate about it um, as we know because you do not want to put it <laughs> let go of it at all um, so you can tell us a little bit about what you do of course. Um, so I'm specifically in the recruitment field of HR um, at KPMG. I don't know if you guys know, but KPMG is one of the top four firms and they're a global company. Um, so it's a huge deal. Um, when I went into it, I know they, they really respect diversity and that's, that's one of their top values, diversity and inclusion. But when I went into it, there were a lot of 
people that were not of color. Um, when I went into the office the first day, I did not see any hijabis. Mm. So when I recruit, I kind of really put that um, into my goals mm-hmm. um, for recruitment. So I want to be able to increase the diversity. Like if I see a Muslim applicant, like I'll I'll make sure to review their their resume, or if I have people in my in my circle, in my circle, in my network that are looking to get into the field, which is very competitive to get into um, yeah. these top four firms, like I will, you know, review their resume and I will gladly submit a referral for them, and you know, I provide that support outside of work um, just to be able to help them get into the, their dream field. So a question that comes to mind for you, um, if someone is trying to apply for a job, what advice do you have for them? Um, I would say really your resume is everything. It's the first the first impression that a recruiter looks at. Um, so make sure that you're standing out because recruiters are looking at hundreds of resumes for, for each role. And so that first, um, I guess, decision to give you a call and consider you is your resume. So really make sure that your resume stands out. I think people undermine how important that is. Um, and then, would, Before you go on, how would people stand out? Um, what are things that stand out for you on resumes? So honestly, resumes, they can be redundant. I mean, as a, mm-hmm. as a, you know, recruiter who's looking at resumes all the time, that I'm finding the same thing over and over. And so things like, for example, your top skills and everybody puts in the same like idea of, of the top skills and, and qualifications and stuff. So you just really, A, design is, is a big thing to visually be different from the other um, stack of resumes. You just want to make yours look visually appealing and make you stand out. And B, Which is interesting because they don't really teach you that in school. Yeah, like, you keep, it clean, keep it how it is, give it like this. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, There's a lot of templates and stuff online that you can take advantage of. Like, mm-hmm. like Pinterest is my best friend. <laughs> Go on Pinterest and search like like really pretty um, aesthetically pleasing resumes mm-hmm. and just kind of copy the format. And you don't have to, you know, invent the wheel yourself. There's there's lots of form uh, templates out there to use. And I love to do that personally for people. I, I just have this weird obsession with creating resumes and fixing them up. So that is definitely something that you should do. And also, what it's very important that on your resume, you're only including things that are relevant to that role. Mm-hmm. So don't submit one resume for all the jobs that you apply for because that's not going to be helpful. You need to make sure that this resume is going to be my key to get that job. So you have to really compare the job description and what you're offering on your resume. So the qualifications that they have on their job description should be the key, like highlighted words that we look for in your resume. So if that, you know, that job description, for example, says that you need um, leadership skills, you need to make sure that we're going to find that word. Like if we search leadership, it's going to be on your resume and your resume is going to pop up. In a way so that's that, redundant. Yeah, that's very, very important. Um, and just don't don't put in experiences that don't apply. Like we've all had part-time jobs at a restaurant or a store or something. Don't put that stuff it does, if it doesn't apply to your to your field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then someone who is nervous about applying for, um, you know, a big company or because, you know, 
it's a female in hijab or it's someone who is visible, um, you know, a visible person of color, what advice do you have for them? I would say use it to your advantage that you're different mm. um, because these firms and these companies, they all have to meet a certain quota for, you know, diversity and inclusion. You can be that person. So like really emphasize and highlight that in your interview, talk about that you are a person of color and that you notice that this company values diversity and inclusion, just really highlight that and just use it to your advantage. Do you think that companies are going to get to a point where they're past that um, quota and they're actually incorporating people of color because, you know, of that, of their skills and of, you know, the value that they bring? I really hope so. Um, unfortunately, I have experienced um, working in HR for some companies, won't name any, that, that say they're about diversity and inclusion, but unfortunately they're not. Like mm -hmm. they outwardly would tell me that, you know, outwardly express Islamophobia or that they don't like a hijab or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I just hope that, you know, one day that we will be able to reach there. Um, we're definitely progressing. There's a lot of firms, like for example, my firm, I, I, I can say they strongly stand behind that. Um, but yeah, inshallah. Yeah, sometimes we're a bit skeptical about seeing people who look like us in very yeah. big industries because you're like, hmm, why did they let this person there? You know, um, what's like, what do they want? <laughs> um, so inshallah, we get to that point. Yeah. Um, I think you sort of answered this question, but just to delve into it a little bit more, how has Islam helped you on your road to success? I definitely would say Islam and specifically the hijab um, helped me a lot because it created that niche, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. I don't think if I didn't put on the hijab, I don't think I would have a reason to start a business because what really makes me stand out and what makes my business unique from other retailers. Mm -hmm. Um, so me being able to offer hijab and, and different hijabs, printed hijabs, like, you know, different types of clothing and stuff, it really gives me that niche and that advantage over just a regular retailer, which there's so many of and the competition is so high. So I think that definitely helped me. Thank you so much, Arya, for your wonderful experience um, and for giving us not only how to build a business, but also how to break into the field that you're trying to get into. Of course, I would, I'd love to. <laughs> um, can you give us your final piece of advice for our listeners? What do you want to leave them with? I just want to say if you are specifically a woman Muslim and you want to jump into the business field or honestly anything, like even like speaking from my HR side, you want to apply to a job, don't be afraid because I think a lot of the times it's also in our heads. Like we think, you know, so-and-so won't hire me because I wear hijab or, you know, this will deter me um, from succeeding in my business. I really don't don't think that that's always the case and that's not true. A lot of times it's just, you know, our personal insecurities that are kind of out there. Um, just take the dive. Honestly, be confident and take the dive. You're a part of a movement wearing the hijab. You are a flag bearer of Islam. And I honestly think we can we can do big moves and just make um, make history happen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aria. No problem. Take care. Salam. Salam. You were just listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. Um, we just spoke with Aria Bashir, who is the founder and designer of Zarya Boutique. Um, Arya is a new hijabi and she 
found the ability, the unique ability to actually get into this field and give access, uh, give people access to hijabs um, and modest wear at whichever level they're at. Um, she has a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and French and completed her postgrad in Human Resources. We heard a lot of advice from her on resumes and how to create those, uh, you know, very, like, those resumes that stand out um, to get the jobs that you want to get. Um, for future shows, you can always tune into, uh, click on the Inspire app so that you can ask our speaker questions about their career journeys. So be sure to ask next, next week's speakers um, any questions you have. Please join our show with Community Voice, um, who will be interviewing who is Hossein. Um, so if you have any questions for that organization, please tune in next week. And if you have any questions for our current speakers and prior speakers, please check out the Inspire platform on the Emoja app. You were just listening to the Umenter talk show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the Umenter website under prior talk shows. And you can also listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Emoja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.